Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Please shut off your cell phones and please put your hands together for your host, Kevin Esposito. Yes, get, walk across the stage, but don't make eye contact with me, because then I'll see you. You know what? Fucking great shirt, man. You know what I'm saying? It's not the same shirt, but it's definitely in the family of shirts that are related to each other. Yours is like a cousin of mine, or mine's the... I don't know whose is the primary shirt. I'm not trying to... Be the primary shirt if yours is. You know, I'm just trying to be... Oh, but thank... But what, what round of applause for that gentleman. He did it! We're doing it. Awesome. What a great... I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be your host tonight. And every Tuesday here, put your hands together. You should... Yeah, you can clap for me. Don't... Why would you not? Why would you not? I'm wearing that guy's shirt's cousin. We've got an awesome lineup of comics on the show. Really excited about the show. we got... I'm actually, I'm just going to tell you right up top, Eddie Pepitone is here. I love Eddie. I love that guy. I'm so glad we finally got him out. He's been so busy, and I'm so glad he's here. Uh, I was in Chicago this past week doing some shows. Don't worry, guys. I got great reviews. (laughs) Uh, But I also had the chance to see... I want to describe a moment for you that I saw in Chicago that I haven't seen. Like, this could happen anywhere, but it was nice because it was like, you know, Chicago's my hometown. It's nice to see it at home. Uh, I, saw, I saw two 16-year-old kids try and buy cigarettes together and get turned down. Do you remember that? Do you remember that about 16? Do you remember that? Like, do you remember the, like, the energy just coursing through your body? Because like, I have a, a youthful face, which is... Uh, <laughs> Which and I'm gonna look like a you know 15 year old boy forever like any lesbian and um, <laughs> when I was a teenager I all I like I was even more I was a very young looking uh, gal and so my friends would send me into like they would send me into uh, stores to try and buy cigarettes just to see if I could and then I would always be like no I can't or like or there was this one uh, there's a hotel it's I that's generous a motel called Cibrus Pool Suites. In the suburbs of Chicago, every room has a hot tub in it. And I don't know if there's an age restriction to get a room there. Like, I'm pretty sure there's not. But for some reason, my friends just thought it was hilarious to, like, pull up outside of that place. And then they'd be like, Cameron, go see if they'll rent you a room. And then I'd go in there and just be like, do you guys have a room? And then, like, the poor adult person whose job this was (laughs) had to be like, I hate you kids. I hate you. But God, I saw these two six. I was I was gassing up. I was getting a little gas at a uh, gas station. That's where I was. And I saw two six-year-old kids like walking across the parking lot, and they put their uh, hoods up, like an adult would. <laughs> like, how are we gonna disguise our youthful faces and lack of any sort of facial hair? Hoods up, like we're going to a business. 
business meeting, hoods up, you know. So they popped their hoods up and then they walked over to the, like, the cashier dude and uh, one of them goes, I couldn't hear them, one of them goes like, <clears throat> hey, 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 <clears throat> hey man. <laughs> Can I get a pack of uh, Marlboro Reds? Oh, no? No problem, all right. <laughs> like, do, do you remember when you had no Rico when the guy's like, uh, can I see some ID? And then you just have to be like, I forgot it forever. <laughs> it's just inspiring. That youthful folly. You know? Just trying to... I mean, I didn't even drink, but I feel like... I, like, in high school, I didn't even drink, but I just feel like I was constantly trying to buy alcohol because it's just like a funny... It's like a real, you know, then the one day they sell you that alcohol. It's like Days and Confused. Do you guys know the movie Days and Confused? <laughs> Thank you for your audible response. You're a good guy. I like that you like Days and Confused. Also, I like your scumbags t-shirt. What does that mean? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, your friend owns, a, the, he owns Scumbags, the clothing company. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like, uh, I like that. I, d d let, him, let him know that I would totally wear that shirt if he wants. If, you, if he wants like a, if he wants like a like a lesbian sponsorship or. <laughs> lesbian scumbags, there's none of those. I would just wear it to call you guys scumbags. <laughs> I like your participation, but it's way off base. You don't know shit about lesbians. <laughs> lesbians are honest, hardworking. <laughs> they have two incomes forever because as a woman, you can never relax. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, um, I was thinking when I was home, that summer, I was thinking about summertime when I was a kid. You know, I, I, I have really grown to appreciate my body as an adult. But I will say, like, so I, on the inside, I uh, look like a young Patrick Swayze. <laughs> High dance pants. <laughs> on the outside, I look more of like a Joan from Mad Men. Like, I have like a curvy woman's body of huge breasts which I tuck right into a flannel. <laughs> and I also was like, I was, a, I was that, that, um, that rare breed of curvy child. Do you remember curvy kids? <laughs> like, I wasn't chubby. I just was like, I was just... You know how some kids look like baby fawns or like a, like a Bambi sort of a, ooh, how do you even stand on those legs? And then it was just, and then it was just like, oh my God. You should be wearing a two-piece because you need support. Like, I was just like a developed child. And I've always had like kind of a masculine energy to me. It was tough. And also I got made fun of a lot as a kid for having that bod because I think uh, that other kids and also their parents expected me to have like fawn legs. Did, you, did anybody here ever get made fun of by their friend's parents? Clap if you did because, you're in a, because we're going to band together. Yeah, yes, yeah. Who are those monsters? 
I think about that now as an adult. I think about the way that I interact with kids and just wanting to like, protect them and tell them that they're doing everything right. Also teach them vaguely about science. Like I just want to... <laughs> I want to protect them from religion. I want to expose them to science. Not expose them. That's the wrong when you're talking about kids. I want to put science around them, but their clothes are on. And I just, I had like these friends' parents that would say like, you know, just like weird stuff, like weird stuff to me about my body. Like what is up with you if you're looking at a kid's body? Like what's going on with you if you're like, I don't know. She could use a coach. She could lose a couple pounds. What is she, 49 pounds? She could be 47. Like, what the fuck is going on with you? I just, I wish, and I didn't really tell my parents about it because I was, like, ashamed of it um, until much later in my life that I told my parents about it, and they were like, why the fuck did you tell us? We would have, you know. Um, my mom would have, she would have fought those other uh, moms. Got a real fighting mom. But I just, I guess I wish, like, I wish that I could go back to those moments now and just have the intelligence and the words that I have at, the, at this adult space. So that if, you know, like, if an if adult person came up to me and was like, you know, oh, do you eat all that pizza? Because you're going to a pool party later, so maybe you should watch out. What are you, nine and a half? You gotta be sexy for the guys at that pool party. Oh, you haven't even menstruated? This is basically irrelevant. Also, I should be protecting you from eyes. Well, whatever. I just wish that I could turn to those parents and just say, like, yes, you're right. I do love pizza. And I almost have breasts. And I am curvy and a child. And I know that's unsettling to you. But you are a terrible motherfucker. Who needs to put down kids to feel better about your suburban life? Are you okay? I don't want to just sat them down and feed them the pizza that they want at that moment because eating helps emotions. Am I right, guys? Someone just say like a vague yeah. That was kind of the best response. Just I wanted silence and then just one person going, yeah. Like a goat. I wanted like a goat yeah. Yeah. Good. Great, 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 great. We're going to get the show started in just a second, but I need to unify you as an audience because, like, I can tell you're on my side, that you respect me. You're sad I was made fun of as a child. I can tell that your heart's open to me. I can see that you don't understand how that could be possible because I'm so charming. What kind of monster would do that to me? I can see, I can feel your heartbeats kind of sinking with mine. Um, and I know that you're into my shirt. Um... <laughs> And I understand that you were 16 once, too, and that you're all probably kind of still trapped in that moment. I guess maybe I'll, before I bring on uh, our first comic of the night, maybe this is the final thing I'll say about this. Uh, the la so I didn't really drink as a teenager, but the first time I ever drank uh, as a teen, I was, dr I was going to a concert, uh, an outdoor... I think it honestly was Jimmy Buffett. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes. Uh, and I was going with a bunch of my friends... We were the youngest people there by 35 years because we were like 17. But um, we were driving there and we got like a couple beers. I don't know who bought them for us. Maybe Megan, our oldest looking friend. <laughs> and we were having a couple of beers and uh, we all decided, like, I, I guess the reason that I understood those kids with those hoods is because we all decided, like, we don't want to get pulled over by the cops because we were drinking and driving and we're underage. Like, the driver wasn't drinking, but we were drinking in a moving car. You understand! 
So I had a great idea, and this is the idea. You can use, uh, don't use this. Uh, protect your kids. Don't tell them about this idea. Tell them their bodies are great, and don't tell them about this idea. Uh, this is what we did. We all took off one sock, and we put it around the beer like a koozie, like a beer koozie, with just the top sticking out, and then we just drove to the concert drinking out of socks. So that if the cops went past, then they would just be like, oh, what is that, a bunch of 16-year-olds drinking out of socks? Normal, keep going! <laughs> you just don't know when you're a child. You don't know how to stand up for yourself. You don't know what adults do. You assume the wrong things. Am I right, crowd of people at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles? Hey, we are going to start this show off real strong. This is a former Chicagoan who's a, a good friend of mine. He just moved to L.A. And I love this about this show. There's a lot. We get New Yorkers on here. We get Chicagoans on here. Uh, we get people from L.A. on here. Angelinos. I know the word for it. Okay. Uh, not that many other cities. So other cities, send us your people. But uh, this next comic, let's welcome him to the city. Yes? Can we welcome him? He just moved here. Very funny man. Mr. Aaron Weaver, guys. Give it up for Aaron. Come on. Oh, damn. Thank you guys for welcoming me. Oh, my God. How's it going? Oh, all right. <laughs> Good. Good, man. I'm thinking about some weird stuff today, dude. Like, you guys realize that drinking water out of a straw is the exact opposite of snorkeling? Like, <laughs> just some real shit, you know? You got to think about that. All right. Oh, my God. I was thinking about some other stuff, man. I was thinking, like, what if ghosts aren't even scary, you know? Like, dude, everyone thinks they're so scary, but we only think that because of movies. I was watching this movie the other day, Paranormal Activity. You guys see this? It's fucking scary. All right, these ghosts are just ripping kids' hair out. They're locking them in rooms. It's like, come on, dude. We weren't all assholes when we're alive. We shouldn't all be like that when we're dead, you know? But I kind of get it, because they're never going to sell tickets to go see... Normal activity. Seven, you know? Like, oh, baby, thank you for folding the laundry. Oh, I didn't fold the laundry. Oh, shit. We got a normal-ass ghost. Wow. I got unfinished business. What do you want from us? You just got to stay in the deck. Fuck. I'm not ready to go, you know? Fuck. Damn, scary shit going on. Dude, scary. I, I just moved to L.A. That's a big thing, man. I, I just uh, rode the bus for the first time. That's pretty scary up there, man, on the bus. It's uh, real dangerous. I got on the bus today. I sat next to this lady wearing zebra-striped pants. And then this woman with a leopard print jacket got on. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Don't move. Shut up. <laughs> Good thing I was wearing my tall grass shirt, you know? <laughs> Shit. Save you, girl. Damn. Save you. Oh, my God. Good, man. I'm not good with chicks. I'm not good around the girls, man. I'm kind of shy. It's weird. A lot of my friends try to get me to not be shy. I'll be looking at a girl. They'll be like, hey, man, just go talk to her. She ain't gonna bite. It's like, dude, I'm not worried about her biting me. I'm worried about going up there and having nothing to say. Like, at least if she bit me, we could talk about that, you know? <laughs> Fuck. 
Invite someone you know them, dude. Skip over that small talk, you know? Fuck. Like, there's so many crazy things going on, man. Like, we all shot out of a stomach onto a rock that's spinning at 70,000 miles an hour through space that's heated by a star. And you want to talk about fucking Snooky's tweet? Like, dude, I can't do it, man. I was talking to this chick the other day. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe Kim Kardashian's pregnant. Oh, my God, what's up with Justin Bieber? This is so crazy. I was like, yeah, that's kind of weird. But you want to know what's really crazy? You got a fucking skeleton inside of you. (laughs) Right now, holy shit, there's a skeleton in here. Oh, my God, damn. Hold me up, you know, that's crazy. (laughs) What? Fuck, man, but you're never gonna meet a girl like that. You're never gonna meet a girl at a bar. She's never gonna be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm filled with blood. Whoa. (laughs) Got all these holes in my body, but the blood doesn't come out. It's fucking. (laughs) Could talk to that girl. Shit, baby, tell me about your holes, you know? Okay. And then bite me. Fuck. Talk about our hometowns later. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, damn. It's cool though, man. It's cool. I just got a new job out here in LA. I don't. I don't like it. Anyone here uh, not like their jobs? A couple people. We got like seven people. That's good. That's good, man. It's getting real bad, man. Like the other day, I had to call in. Well, fuck. I was just like, yeah, boss, I just woke up today and I was feeling really good about myself, so I don't think I'd come to this fucking place today. I got all these weird symptoms like a lightness in my heart. Corners of my mouth keep pointing up. Fuck. I don't want to infect the rest of the crew, you know? Shit. He's like, don't even worry about it, man. Take the night off, eat some shitty food, watch the news. Tomorrow, you're going to forget you have a soul. We're going to get a lot of work done. Okay. Okay, good. You know what I mean, girl. Okay. Was that a dude? I don't know. Okay. Dude, man, it's just getting crazy, though, in this world. You guys, it's like, uh, it's getting all political, man. It's getting, like, so many politics going on right now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of politics. Fuck. <laughs> That's a good segue, right? Yeah, you can use that. Okay. It's getting all crazy. Like, I can't even have lunch with a friend right now without it turning into, like, this heated political argument, dude. It's getting wild. Like, I was having lunch with my friend the other day. I put a piece of cheese on a piece of bread when I decided to abandon it when some better food came into the situation, okay? It was like some burritos. I was like, I don't want this anymore. My friend flipped out. He's like, whoa, dude, you can't just abandon a whole sandwich like that. You brought it into this world, and you have a responsibility to it. And I was like, you know what, man, you're right, but that was not yet a whole sandwich, okay? He thought it was. I thought it wasn't, which begs the inevitable question, at what point does a sandwich truly begin, okay? A large group of people out there believe that a sandwich is conceived the moment the cheese is inserted, all right? At that point, it becomes something sacred, and you can never go back, you know? 
But for some people, there's still time. You can still change your mind if there's no meat in there, okay? And they're not happy to do this, but they will do it under certain extreme circumstances, all right? Example number one, a sandwich is forced upon you against your will. All right, you told your grandmother no repeatedly. She's in the kitchen, she's got the bread, she's got the cheese, and she's going for the meat. You still have time to mace her in the face. Yeah. Grandma, shit. You know? Example number two, you got drunk, right? Oh, no. You got hammered, you got real hungry, you started making some food. You passed out. Next day, you wake up, and you're looking at a hot dog bun with some cottage cheese on it. Not ready to commit to that. Abort. Okay, that's how I wanted to end it. Thank you guys so much. Guys, Aaron Weaver! You guys are a very polite crowd tonight, and I understand. I want you to know that uh, if it feels... Uh, you can... You can go ahead and uh, laugh or enjoy yourself. <laughs> if you want to, don't feel stressed. I feel like as a group, it feels like a big burden right now to you guys. I can, I can tell every kind of feels crushed under their own uh, anxiety about whether or not this is going to be fun. <laughs> so I just want to let you know that, like, if... Okay, so we'll do, like, a little exercise. Uh, if your arms are crossed, you can totally uncross those arms. We're going to open our little hearts. We're going to open our heart chakras. So just a, this is more, more than anything, this is a guided yoga class at this point. It is a donation uh, uh, class, so don't worry. You won't have to pay extra. You've already uh, paid uh, with your souls. And, you're, and I actually do control those now. Um, so you're just going to uncross your arms, and you're just going to kind of just relax. Just, just breathe it out. We'll just, do one, we'll just breathe it in together. We'll just... And we'll just kind of breathe it out. And then, and then the next time we breathe in, when we breathe it out, we're just going to let it uh, turn into laughter. Do you understand? I know that I can tell there's people still feel stressed about this. Is this going to work? If I laugh, will other people laugh too? So this is kind of a this is kind of a comedy show trust fall. Do you understand? Each of you is in a ropes course, and one of you gets to be the boss, depending on who uh, takes the right number of M and M's, and and has that number of traits about themselves. So we're just going to breathe in again, and then we breathe out. Yeah, see that? See how easy that is? Oh, it's almost rolling. I can tell it's still, you guys still feel stressed. Your little sternums, you all have a, like a laughter chastity belt around your hearts. Because <laughs> Aaron, fucking, give it up for Aaron. Give it up for Aaron. Here's what I love about what he just did. Uh, he told a complete and fabulous joke, and I, and I know that, like, I know sometimes it's just a little bit stressful for an audience. You're still shaking off the day. And then he ended the joke. You guys just looked at him and thought, oh, that's a very interesting and complete joke. No laughter. He just goes, that's how I wanted to end my set. But that's so fucking professional. He didn't go over. He didn't ruin the show. He just let you guys cued you, and I believe I'm actually just done now. So if you guys want to laugh or clap, you can do that here. See, that's great. That's a profesh, a null. And uh, the professional, actually, uh, so Natalie Portman is involved. Okay, we all feel good? We're loose? You bunch of scumbags, am I right? We're, yeah, okay, great. We're going uh, to keep the show rolling. We're going to bring up this next comic. 
Super funny dude. He runs a great show here called The Comedy Garage. Let's hear it right now for Mr. Paul Danke, guys. Give it up for Paul. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Hi. What's up? Hi. Hi. I'm doing good. Doing really good. Thank you. Hi. 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 Those guys have Milano cookies. I get that, dude. Let me get one of those cookies from you. There's no way you need all those cookies. What are these? Milk chocolate. Okay. Did you write your name on this? Oh, Brian. <laughs> Give it up for Brian, everybody. Oh, Zack Snyder's a shithead. What's that? I feel like I was tricked into a plug. <laughs> I'm interested. Okay, keep going. And he's a, he's a shithead? Huh. Well, this crowd wasn't at that joke. So that joke doesn't work here anymore. I'm going to work my way through this dry ass cooking. Because I'll commit to a bet. And when I steal a cookie from a member of an audience, I do them the courtesy of enjoying the whole cookie. Very good. My mouth is very dry. Well, you know, I have a beer right behind the stage here. I'm like, this is weird. Cookies and beer. Well, you know, it worked for my grandpa. And he fought in WW2. There we go. Oh, High Life in Milano's? Gross. It's gross. I actually had a High Life in some goldfish crackers this afternoon for lunch, so I kind of get that. Oh, you kind of get that. Uh, I don't know if there are any members of the food service industry here tonight, but I assume there are, as this is Hollywood, and that's what we're known for, the food service industry. Very, very famous food service industry here in uh, Hollywood. What am I doing? Uh, anyway... <laughs> Just backpedaling. That's what I do. I come out up on stage and I just fucking backpedal that shit until I'm done. They're like, oh, I get a light? Perfect. Didn't even start. Nice. Nice. There's no way they were disappointed. I never did told one joke. They're not going to be sure if it was bad or good. Maybe he's onto something. Ah, maybe he isn't. <laughs> so I don't know if there are any members of the... Uh, food service industry here tonight, uh, but allow me on behalf of everybody else, uh, let me just save you the time, energy, and breath. The booth. We want the booth. The booth. Oh, oh do I want to sit at a tiny little rickety table that's held up with sugar packets, or do I want to sit at a giant comfy booth? Oh, oh that, I don't know. I don't know. Does the small does the small table is it gonna rock back and forth and maybe spill my ginger infused iced tea everywhere? It will. Ooh, I like that. That does have whimsy and character. This could be a fun meal. Put me at the fucking booth every fucking time. You find me a picture of the Rat Pack back in the day hitting the town. What kind of fucking table were they sitting at every time? 
It was a booth because Dino's got to have a few and gets loud with the drinks. Sammy's slapping the table. He's getting up dancing. You need a booth. Full size booth. Full size booth. You find me a rock and roll book, uh, coffee table book about rock and roll in the Sunset Strip in the 1980s. With Molly Crew getting their dick sucked under a little tiny cafe table or a beautiful booth every time. It was a booth. It was a booth. It was a booth. It was a booth. <laughs> when Tony Soprano did or did not die at the end of The Sopranos, where was he sitting? In a booth. Just treat me like a boss. That's all I want. That's all I want. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, when I was seven, I, I, was, um, I was diagnosed as a hunk, and it's been tough. <laughs> it's been tough, dude, because I was young, and I was in a swim class, and, you know, I had these great yellow trunks with surfing alligators wearing sunglasses, looking so fly, and I just had the torso of just like a young baby sultan, you know, just like tan and chubby and so cute. And my swim teacher was like, well, this guy's a hunk. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. I guess I'll take it. Uh, I got a new magazine today. My favorite magazine came in the mail. HBQ, Hunk's Business Quarterly. It's great. It's a hunks-based business magazine. I like to keep up on the comings and goings of my fellow hunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of good articles about how to take a proper selfie, you know, kale articles, lots of juice stuff, uh, pretty good stuff. But I, there's, this, there's this great article, there's this new breed of young hunk out there, there's these new young hunk entrepreneurs that are taking their hunk talents and applying it to non-hunk related industries. I love that. I love that. That's poetry to me, to see hunks taking it to the next level. Mm. You can now, I read about this great new hunk-based business. You can now have hunks move your furniture for you. How nice is that? That is so nice. I love that. I don't care if you're into dudes or not. What I'm into are tight, tan, toned cores moving my shit, okay? I like that. The alternative is I have my friends do it, and then you know how that goes. You got to get them pizza. And then one guy's a vegetarian now. You got to get a cheese pizza. Then you also have to get Adderall because your friends are all drug addicts and there's no way they're going to help you move without fucking Adderall. And you know how Mike gets on Adderall. He thinks he's Superman. Now you got to spend half the day in the urgent care because he pulled out his back trying to lift an armoire by himself. <laughs> fucking Mike. I was, uh, I was going to lunch today and I pulled up next to a moving truck and I swear to you, College hunks moving trunks. Wow. I read the article, and then I see it IRL. I was freaking out. It rhymed. I like that. I like a lyrical hunk. Hmm? Like a Jim Morrison type. I like that. I like that. Uh, they also had a picture of a, a classic alpha hunk on the side holding a Titanic-style steamer trunk on his shoulders like Atlas carrying the globe. I get that, dude. From, like, a hunk's perspective... The presh. The presh. So I pulled up to give the hunk salute to my brother up in the fucking cab. And uh, do I come up there to find a hunk? Nay, but an early 50s Latin gentleman with a big old bubble tummy popping up over the side of the window with a sad mustache smoking a long lady cigarette. That is not a hunk. 
I was pissed. Uh, thanks very much, everybody. My name is Paul Dakey. Have a great night. Thanks for the cookie. Sir? Yeah. Yes? How was your day? What did you do today? You went to the mall? Which, what, what mall? Oh, La Brea. Tar Pitty? Oh, what is it? Brea Mall? Brea. Oh, in Brea. Got it. Not, look, that's, those are two different things. I know California, all right? I lived here for nine months, and I do know that. Uh, okay, Brea. They have an excellent, they have a, like a cheesecake factory type of a situation going on there. I've been there. To, there's a, an improv there. You can go see comedy there, but you should. Uh. <laughs> you can finish that sentence. Uh, okay, great. What'd you get at the mall? You didn't, oh, did you get stuff at the mall? No, just shopping, looking around, being 16 year olds with your hoods up. Did you, go to the, did you guys go to the food court? Did you seriously? Yeah. As adults? <laughs> What'd you get? Panda Express? You got a hot dog on a stick. And you can choose whatever you want because you're adults. <laughs> and you drove to the Brea Mall to get nothing but a hot dog on a stick. Great choices out of these guys. <laughs> I like your attitudes. <laughs> That's red. How are you doing? Yeah, what did you do? Can you top that? No, I can't. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, what, how, I mean, unless you had cotton candy delivered to you by an elephant in the circus. Um, you weren't having a better day than that. Okay, what was your day like? Uh, I did nothing. You did nothing? Zero things? Zero things. Because of work, or you sat at your house? Yes. And you just stared at a wall, or? You stared at a wall? Oh, you watched TV? What'd you watch on TV? Wow, this is good then, huh? <laughs> Pretty good television. Uh, I'm going to just guess. It was either just based on what I know about what's currently on. I don't... So I watch uh, uh, laptop-y internet TV. Okay. So I don't really know what's on cable. But this is... Uh, I'm just going to guess based on what I think is on cable. You either watched something starring Gordon Ramsay <laughs> or a Law & Order marathon. Those are the only two things that are on TV, right? <laughs> no? Neither of those things? No? Gordon Ramsay didn't come into your house through your television and tell you to make it clean, rustic, simple. No? Okay. Wow, less Gordon Ramsay fans than I would thought. That's a little bit... I'm actually judging you guys on that. He's fantastic. I mean, yeah, he only has one solution to every problem, but come on, it's a great solution. Clean, simple, rustic. Repaint the place. Just use the paint from the last time. How about you? How was your day? Good. Yeah, what did you do? Yeah, that you picked up these scumbags. Pow, that's not ever going to get old for me. I, it could be for you or the audience, but I like it. Um, what, did you, what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a banker. You're a banker? You're kidding me. No, oh yeah, they are slacks. No, I didn't mean just because like you don't look banky. That, that was a little bit of a dickish thing to say. Like, oh, you're kidding me. This idiot? Numbers? No, I didn't mean like that. I didn't mean you look like uncouth or lowborn or anything. I didn't mean like you... I don't mean like it, I shouldn't trust you with money. Um, I just meant like 
that, I didn't, I, sometimes I forget that's a job, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that people can have. Um, that's cool. Did you, uh, who, can I have the name and social security number of the person uh, who deposited the most money today? Maybe after. Maybe after the show? She's really bad at her job. <laughs> that took one question. She's just going to relinquish it. Um, awesome. What do, you, what do you do? You're a banker. Do you, like, give out loans? Do you decide whether or not... Do you really? Uh, well, yeah. We do, like, everything. You do, I don't understand how bankers work. Is it... Okay, is it on a monopoly board? <laughs> and then somebody rolls a dice, and then you go, here's a house! Is that... You spin. You spin. Yeah, you spin them. Uh-huh. And Drew Carey's like, you want a house! It's always just ends in you win a house. That's all I know about banking. Well, uh... Thank you for your service to this country. <laughs> Give it up for this banker. Hey, look at these. Two microphones. Why would that be? Well, because this next act is a duo act. Two brothers in from New York. We're so happy that they're here. Uh, they run a show at the Pit, and uh, tonight they're here at the UCB Theater. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Stone and Stone. Give it up for Stone and Stone. <laughs> so excited to be here we just we've been here we just got in like yesterday and Cameron is awesome and she invited us to be here and like we don't and know we're, we're really so excited that well, to be here cool. and, and you seem she, very nice really great and we're this very so excited, excited to be here, being here. hi and, everyone they have the UCB in New York and, and, and then the we're here and it's very great. exciting um anyway exciting. Uh, anyway so we are not only are we brothers but okay we've done this before don't worry it's fine but we're also twins we are twins as well and yeah. you know we're twins and it works yeah. out and, and as twins yeah and we can cut it's all right it's all right it's a twin as twins um we get a lot of kind of bizarre questions from strangers yeah we do so like for instance we were um we were at our pharmacy right like the local drugstore and we were waiting online for something I, I, to buy something and there was this middle-aged woman on the other line and she was staring at us and ultimately she came over to us and she asked us you know are you guys twins and we said yes yeah. that's fair um, but then she said but you're not identical are you and we said yes we yeah, are because we are exactly yeah, exactly. She, exactly yeah and she said exactly yeah and she said oh no that's impossible oh yeah. you couldn't be and yeah. that was and really we thought rude. that was rude like we know we're twins we, we know are. we're identical you know? our mother told exactly. us we came out of her vagina yeah, i'm sorry i said vagina i'm sorry you know? i said they that get how it works. but like like it's we like, would know that we're identical don't you tell us that's part of our identity we identify with ourselves like we're identical twin expert told us we were identical and then yeah so she's like and so she keeps just talking at us and she said oh well you know you know, my husband once knew a set of identical twins, and I just stopped her there, and I said, you're not married, are you? And she said, yes, I am. And I said, oh, no. No, no, no way. way. That's impossible. No you're way. not you're married. married. No, that'll just show her. No, bitch. no, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I don't curse. curse. Normally, normally, but anyway. Anyway. I don't even think they heard uh, it. That's Sorry. okay. Yeah, yeah. Another question that we get asked a lot is, is we get asked is, who's older? Okay, that's yeah. a comment. And that's a, it's a harmless question. Yeah. And normally we tell people to guess. You know, like, let's have fun. Let's guess. And so recently, like 80% of people have been guessing that he's older. And that's kind of puzzling. It should just be 50-50. And so the last person who guessed that he's older, I went up to him and I said, hi, I'm just curious. Was there a reason you guessed him or was it arbitrary? And he said, no, there was a reason I guessed that he's older. He said, I guess he's older because his hairline is further back than yours. Yeah. 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 And at, th at first, yeah. <laughs> 
at first, I thought, I thought that was decent logic at first. But then I realized that if you use that logic, that would mean that in five minutes, my hair is going to move from here to here. So let me know if you it happens, five minutes, okay? You got either. five minutes. Got it could it. happen. Exactly. Who knows? Could. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, you guys know the term, like, phrase, in between jobs. You, you know, know that in phrase, jobs. in between jobs? You know, it means you're unemployed. It's very positive, Exactly, because you might not find another job, but more likely but than not, you will, right? you will, Hopefully yeah. you will. Yeah. And yeah. so... You know, we think you can apply that phrase to other areas, or that concept to other areas of your life. For instance, you know, if you're single, you might say, oh, I'm in between girlfriends or boyfriends. Yeah, you know? just in, yeah. Or if you've been really sad for a while, you might say, oh, I'm just in between joyous times. Yeah. You know? Just in between Something some like joyous over times, there. that's all. There, you know? Yeah, there'll be another one. Yeah, another time. Yeah. Yeah. Someday, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, and now we're in between laughs, you know? Yeah. But then they came back. They came back, back gently, a little, so it's not okay. too many. So it's like, not as many as there were, so it doesn't always exactly. work, but, I mean, it more or less yeah. does. Yeah, anyway. So we, keep that in your mind. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we love being here in L.A., but there's driving is a big thing here, not as much yeah. in, in the city. And we like driving. We don't have a car yeah. in New York City. Sorry, that's yeah. where we're from. Uh, we don't have a car, but sometimes we, we know how to drive, and we yeah. borrow our mother's car. And I guess that is funny. Thank you. And, <laughs> and, and so we were driving our mother's car recently, and we were in Manhattan, and we were at a light. And I, it, you know, it, I accidentally took my foot off the brake and crashed into the car ahead of me. It, it was more like a tap. It, was it wasn't like, like a, a big yeah, it crash. Like two but it was miles a an hour. Thing, but it you know. was, uh, you know, I had never been into an accident before. Yeah. So I was freaking out, right? I didn't yeah. know what you was like. So oh my god! What I, I was do? like, what should I do? So it's I get fine. out of the car. It's like not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It was just like a gentle. Yeah. Thing it wasn't a big deal. But so what? So I got out of the car. The guy who I hit gets out of his car, and I went up to him and I said, "I'm so sorry, sir. Are you okay? Should we call the police or the ambulance? Are you okay?" And he just looked at me and he said. No problem, mate. It's a rentu. And, and I said, what? And he said, it's a rentu, mate. It's a freaking rentu. Kick it, mate. And he starts kicking the tire. And he's like, spit on it, mate. It's a rentu. He's like, spit on it. It's a freaking rentu. So, like, I, like, reluctantly, like, spat on it a little bit. Like, 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 like And I just love this guy's attitude on life, you know? It's like, if something isn't yours, it's worthless, you know? I love this yeah, guy. It's a, cool. it's a rentu. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. him. He's cool. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, yes. um, so I actually, um, I used to have a girlfriend. I yeah. guess it's called an ex-girlfriend. And, yeah. And he's like yeah. married and shit yeah, like yeah, that. Sorry, that. But, yeah, sorry. Anyway. But no, don't worry. Don't hide it. Yeah. I, but um, um, but anyway, so so she uh, used to work, or probably still works, um, as a special ed teacher at a school for blind children who also have uh, other disabilities. And so she came home one night, and she was writing, filling out a, writing out an evaluation for one of her students. And she wrote, you know, is blind, can hardly move left hand side of body, and then and then she wrote and has eczema. Now, do you guys know what eczema is? Yeah. It's nothing. It's like yeah. dandruff. It's, it's not a big deal. Dry skin. You know, it's dandruff. And I'm like, why would you add something yeah. like a petty thing like that to like a real serious list yeah. of problems? You know, like poor the kid, poor like kid like has a lot of problems. Why would you just stop it? Problem. Leave it off. Don't like, add. Leave it off. You know, it's not nice. Like, yeah, like that would be like getting into a car accident and like waking up in the hospital yeah. and the doctor comes to you and says, like, we had to remove your arm and. You have athlete's foot. You know? Yeah, it's like, who cares? It's like, about who the cares? Foot. Leave off the it's athlete's irrelevant. foot. It doesn't stop matter. It. It's so mean. You just lost it's your arm. It doesn't matter. Yeah, stop it. Yeah. 
Anyway. Anyway, the last thing we want to talk about yeah. is email. Yeah, email. You guys do email? You guys email? email? You're good. Okay. It's a young crowd that's cool. good. Nice and hip. Um, yeah. we, we perform at all different places, yeah, okay? Yeah, places. Anyway, so uh, email is a great thing, but there's a certain etiquette that goes with email, and that is if you receive an email, you're supposed to respond to it within a few days, maybe yeah. a week or so Most if you're really days. busy. We once received a response uh, from an email that we sent to someone a year and a half earlier. Could you okay? believe this you, is yeah. a true story? Tell about it. We, we went to college together, yep. of course, or whatever you might think. And maybe it's not of course. But we went to school together. Um, this girl was about three years ahead of us. She graduated. When, and then when we graduated, um, she was doing comedy in New York City. And we were doing the same thing or hoping to do the same thing. And so we um, – we emailed her and we were like, "Hey, you know, maybe we could get coffee sometime." Yeah. And as Adam said, she did not get back to us until well over a year and a half later, right around the time that we were on this like last comic standing. Thing. Yeah, she this thought, show. Oh, maybe so, like, now's real a good high idea. character you know, person. You know, to like now them, we you know? should talk to these people. Oh, yeah, they might yeah, be interesting. Now it might be interesting. Yeah. Exactly. And you think that if you'd wait that long, you know, you'd come up with an excuse. You know, like, oh, I changed email addresses or. God forbid, I was Anything, ill. Or I was out of the country. I moved, whatever it is, or you know, stupid. You wouldn't you know, think some... that you would just hit reply. Yeah, yeah, which is what this person did. And when she did this, we were able to reread our email, and it said basically verbatim. It said, "You know, we're the Stones. We're in comedy. We know you're in comedy. We'd love to meet up one of these days." Mm-hmm. Okay, she writes back to this again over a year and a half later, and just writes, "How about Thursday? Could you believe that?" <laughs> Never Don't do that to anyone. That to anyone. You guys Thank have been great. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it going for Cameron, everybody. Hey, stone and Stone. Oh, they are awesome. I'm so glad that they made it. I'm so glad they made it to the show. Go see if you're listening to the podcast, because, yes, this is also released as a podcast. And when you're not here to see the show live at this theater, you can listen to it in the comfort of your own home or while you're staring at a TV you can't remember. Just put it in, because you're not even listening to that shit anyway. So when you listen to the Put Your Hands Together podcast, uh, if, you're, if you're in New York, go see uh, Stone and Stone at the Pit. That's the People's Improv Theater in New York. Go see their show. Uh, God, I, was, I love their rental car story. That was, I was thinking about the... This one time, a guy tried to upsell me on rental car insurance, and he gave me the, bu- the best upsell pitch I've ever gotten. He was like, all right, listen. At this price, you're covered. But for $15 more, if you are standing next to your car and you break your leg, you're covered for that. Which is a great upsell pitch for two reasons. Uh, number one, he just looked at me and assumed I don't have medical insurance. <laughs> and number two, what does he think is up with my bones? Like, in his mind, how much Diet Coke do I drink? Like, how brittle and sponge Like, if you're just standing, statically, and you break your leg, you're covered for that. I loved him. Guys, we got two comics left. Do you have in your hearts for two final comics? <laughs> I'm so excited about this next performer. I love his stuff. Let's hear for Solomon Giorgio, guys. Give it up for Solomon. Come on. Hello, everyone. Oh, hi. 
That was a very polite response. Thank you. I know I'm scary looking sometimes. But I am very, very soft. Um, I am 31 years old, and I appreciate you all for thinking I was younger than that. Um, I know what I look like. I, uh, so as a 31-year-old, uh, most of my formative years were in the 90s, uh, so that predated uh, internet pornography. And I recall uh, growing up, there were two kinds of ways to get porn. Um, one, you miraculously found in the woods. Uh, <laughs> just some hobo porn litter for you. <laughs> or you watched your dad's porno stash, which is usually on VHS, which is weird because you have to remember exactly where he left off. And then you grow up to learn that it doesn't matter. You could have left it anywhere, and he would never confront you about it. No father has ever gotten to a child that's like, why did you not rewind my porno tape? Why didn't you do that? Um, and after exploring those options, I, uh, I decided to go a different route. I actually uh, drew my own pornography. I drew it from scratch. I uh, even actually tricked my dad to buy me a figure drawing book so I can draw these elaborate sex scenes. And, uh, and that's actually how I came to accept my own homosexuality. Because uh, at first, I, uh, I drew lady, a lady and, and a gentleman having intercourse. And then after a short while, I was like, I guess it wouldn't hurt to throw in one more dude. <laughs> And the lady just kind of got up. <laughs> and walked away. And that's how I learned about vanishing points and perspective. <laughs> so Jason Collins is, is out. He's our first uh, professional NBA player. There's a gay NBA player, which is it's great. It's great. Uh, yes, it is. And it's also slightly annoying um, because there goes my excuse for not being good at basketball. <laughs> Do you understand how often people come up to a tall black man randomly and ask him if he plays basketball? <laughs> and how much joy I get out of looking them dead in the eye and saying, I only dribble balls off the court. <laughs> gone. Yeah, we get it. You're gay, but can you dunk? Son of a bitch. No. <laughs> I, um, I recently purchased Django Unchained on DVD. Uh, I'm very excited. It's my favorite movie, uh, and I highly recommend everyone watch it. Uh, and I'm actually going to give you guys, if you haven't seen Django Unchained, I'm going to give you guys four, four, four recommendations on the optimal viewership of Django Unchained. Uh, number one, be black. Find a way. Uh, number two invite a bunch of white people to watch it with you <laughs> number three every few minutes slowly turn to them and go mm-hmm 
And number four, ask them each for $10. <laughs> That's how I paid my rent. I, um, I was walking, uh, I have a very good friend, her name is Tracy, she also happens to be black, uh, and we were walking uh, down the street together, hanging out, and we, uh, we pass this homeless gentleman, uh, uh, this homeless white gentleman, and after we pass him, he, uh, he yells at us and calls us a bunch of niggers, which was rude, because there was only two of us. <laughs> A bunch is three or more. <laughs> I hate to get into semantics, but at most, we're a couple of anything. <laughs> and this didn't bother me as much as it should, because over the years, I realized that anyone who's publicly called me a nigger uh, is, like, I've never been called, it's never been a white person doing well. That's... <laughs> it's, They've either been like a redneck or homeless, and I'm sorry, but your nigger gun doesn't work if you have to aim up. Like that. <laughs> I was a weird kid growing up. I couldn't help it. I did weird things that creeped other kids out. Uh, like I used to keep a list of the uh, wool blazers I'd one day purchase from the Sears catalog in my front pocket at all times. You know, just in case anyone asks. I got detention in the second grade for aggressively bra bragging about my cursive writing skills. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, I once spent three days drafting a time machine so I can go back in time and hang out with the cast of Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. <laughs> and whenever I was picked last for team sports, I would begin to sing the chorus to Vanessa Williams' Save the Best for Last. All right, guys, we're down to that kid in the crutches and that weird African kid. Who do you want? Crutches kid? Son of a bitch. All right, weird African kid, you're on our team. But me. Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. Sometimes the snow falls down in June. You go and save the best for <clears throat> Sorry, no, no. <laughs> not right now, not right now, not right now, not right now. You go and save the best for Yeah, delightful. Thank you. Solomon Giorgio. And I'm sure this was edited out for joke and comic and comic effect. But um, Solomon, if you're listening, it's uh, just when I thought our chance had passed. <laughs> That's the, he didn't know those, but that's what it is. <laughs> what a good 
song. Oh, changed my life. I was singing along backstage, and then there's a there's the other mic that's just live back there. And I I'm glad that it didn't pick me up. But what if he had been mumbling, and then you had just heard me backstage going like, idiot. Guys, we have one final comic on the show. So excited he could join us tonight. He has a, a documentary about his life that you can that you can watch on demand or uh, you can purchase on iTunes, and it'll be out on DVD in July. Called the Bitter Buddha. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eddie Pepitone, give it up for Eddie. Come on. What? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm driving up here, and by the way, that's, that's a fucking bloodbath in itself, by the way. And this is very local material. I won't be using this in another part, but just fucking, did you ever just, like, look at Franklin Avenue, like, when Franklin Avenue just becomes that long line of cars, and you just doubt the fact that you're here, and you're like, why am I living in this fucking hellhole piece of shit? Well, everybody talks about it because I'm from New York and everybody who... And I always envision Southern California as this gorgeous fucking place. There's nothing but, you know, everybody fucking and drinking very, you know, hazelnutty Chardonnays. But that's not... That's... No, everybody fucking and the beautiful sunset and everybody's in, like, a car that has the top down in their hair and, you know, and the hair is, like, blown... But no, it's people in their cars just going, Why? Why isn't it moving? It's like Brooklyn, but in a really nice climate. (laughs) Like, it's Brooklyn... And there's no culture here. There's just like, like, and the billboards are like science, are like fucking grown-ups too. What the fuck? No, I'm serious. I'm serious. They made grown-ups fucking too. Now, I think that's all you need to know about the movie business. Seriously. It's a bunch of bullshit. You know, as I've gotten older, I used to give a shit. You know, I used to be like, I'm going to fucking come to this town and I am going to kick some fucking ass in this town. Now I'm like, fuck this bloodbath shit. Fucking grown-ups too where Adam Sandler has Kevin James and some other fucks in a pool and they're floating around and there's like millions of dollars put behind these movies and I'm busting my ass in North Hollywood tweeting funny things? I don't really do anything either. But I I feel like I'm better than him. No, but he's like like a guy like Adam Sandler. I hope he's not here because a lot of celebrities come to this fucking place. That's a nightmare. You know what I mean? You want to keep at my level of celebrity. None. You know what I mean? You don't want to be a big celebrity because that's just a whole load of shit. You know, when you're a celebrity, like you fucking walk into a restaurant and you, could, you just see people going, oh, that's fucking that. And everybody's trying to look normal but they're like that's that fuck it and you, you just like everybody around you just starts to lean to their right that's that that's that fucking and everybody goes out of their way to be really direct like ha I, I know I don't care that you're that guy 
but everybody does. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know why I'm getting into this riff, except I just was driving here, and I was like, the traffic on Franklin, you know, and, and then I crave horrific shit. Like, because of that traffic, I'm like, I need a cupcake. And it's a whole cycle. You know what I mean? It's like, then I need the shit that the capitalist, consumeristic, bullshit society wants you to have because you get stressed out about the fucking overpopulation and the fact that they're making grown-ups too. <laughs> I'm just looking over and this guy's, you know, he's probably tweeting. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's fine. I used to give a shit about people in the front row texting on their phone while I'm pouring my fucking like I feel like I'm Eddie. I feel like I'm Eddie Snowden. You know Eddie Snowden? I call him Eddie, by the way, Edward Snowden, who blew the whistle on the NSA this week. You guys, you don't even know about it, right? You're like, I, Eddie, we don't follow. We don't follow Edward Snowden, who is like Julian Assange. These fucking guys are heroes. And, but it's very funny to talk about it here in L.A. when everybody just gives a shit about cupcakes and, like, fucking Fast and Furious 9. You know? And everybody goes to the movie stoned. I quit pot, but if I was smoking, I would be into all this shit. Like, if I was stoned, I'd be like, we're going to the Grove! That's what I would be... And, and the Grove is nice at sunset. By the way, I love L.A. at sunset. You can't beat L.A. at sunset. It's gorgeous. Most of the traffic has died down. You know, the trolley in the Grove is running on time. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to fucking get high and see fucking whatever fucking movie is at the Grove. And then I'm going to the Apple store. But instead, I'm like completely now fucking sober, you know, and I just walk around. Good for you, Eddie. We are not. You're fucking nuts. I don't know how you're fucking doing. It is very funny being sober. Because, like, I just came from fucking, of all places, Rochester, New York, which is kind of, you know, it's a cool little place, but it's like nothing much is going on. And just when I was leaving, they were having, like, a micro beer fest. And that's hilarious, being sober, walking through that. Like, just people weaving and singing. I was just in the U.K. None of this designed to intimidate you, that I was just in the U.K. <laughs> I leave this shithole and see what's going on. And they love America. And this, this is hilarious to me that the UK, the Brits love America. They think that what's going on here is so fucking great. They're like, oh, if I could only be here where they're making Breaking Bad. They think every show, they think every show is like Breaking Bad. But most of it is like, what I just name any fucking sitcom. Most of it is just some sitcom where guys are like, Hey! Why'd you leave the cheese over here? And that's the whole show. There's cheese in the foyer. Why is it here? <laughs> but 
But you know, at the gourmet fucking deli over here, the, what is it called? Thousand Oaks? What? The Oaks. Thousand Oaks is a shithole of a <laughs> suburban gated community where web designers are like looking in video monitors going, Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I don't know why I said web designers. I think they could go fuck themselves. But um, I was watching. I was watching fucking CNN, which is just. There's really no journalists there on CNN. Like Anderson Cooper cracks me up. Like he kind of is almost a journalist. You know what I mean? Like he's got the attitude. Like why is it? Like Anderson Cooper's like, why is it going on? Why is it happening here? And then his next sentence is, "You can reach me on Twitter." At Anderson Cooper. By the way, do you think Walter Cronkite or Edward R. Murrow, you, could you imagine Walter Cronkite going, you can, after the Kennedy assassination, like he, he announced Kennedy being shot on live television, and he was a real journalist, you know? Could you imagine him going, John F. Kennedy was shot, and if you want, you can talk about it on Twitter. <laughs> At the real Walter Cronkite. <laughs> the real Walter Cronkite. I don't know. And I, I, you know, I think this guy, Edward Snowden, round of applause if you think Edward Snowden is a hero for exposing all that stuff. <laughs> round of applause if you're going to see Grown Ups too. No? Maybe the PR people aren't doing a good job. Imagine if Snowden started showing up in Sandler movies for some bizarre... You see, that reality I would like. Eddie Snowden... I like that I call him Eddie. A lot of, these, a lot of this stuff now is just for me. <laughs> I, um... I, 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 I also... I, I hate just listening to popular music lately because I never relate to the songs, you know? Like, especially on those fucked-up shows like American Idol or The Voice or whatever. They, they're all competition. Why is everything a competition on television? You know what I mean? Like, the food shows are like, Go! You're going to make an egg roll! <laughs> You're going to make an egg roll! Like... The Iron Chef guys, they're like, you know, just very, like, stylized. You got fuck. <laughs> they should do that. They should do that with, like, surgeons. Are they doing it with surgeons yet? <laughs> Are they doing it with surgeons? Like, three presidents of major countries have been shot. And they have the three on gurneys. And there's, like, there's interns who are trying to be surgeons. You have to operate on this president. On one of these presidents, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm down to that, by the way. That's how my stand-up is going lately. Like, you know what I mean. <laughs> Let's see. How, how, I, I really didn't prepare for this show tonight, and it's pretty good. That was 11 fucking minutes, and I think it went over fine. I'm gonna end with. I'm gonna end with the signature bit. Um, this. Do you guys like impressions? Of course you do, you're a human being. This, of course you do, you're a human being. By the way, Fast and Furious 6, absolutely everybody in a tight t-shirt. 
By the way, that's what I see like the studio head, the studio heads doing out here. They're just speaking in intercoms in Century City, going, "Get me someone cute in a tight T-shirt." That's the whole industry. Or blouse. Are women still wearing blouses? I'm older. Get me so or whatever they're called. Now, wraps. No, that's. I understand a rap is with hummus, but um, <laughs> I'm really getting to be my father now. Like, do they wear blouses? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Just driving in my car, listening to like books on tape, like running, running with the wolves, which is about femininity in, in being masculine, masculine while you're feminine and I'm just listening to like running with the wolves and there's fucking traffic and I'm like fuck, fuck am I feminine? Am I? Do I, do I let that breathe in myself? Do, like that's what I think about in traffic like do I let the feminine breathe in myself? Should I start getting high again <laughs> and seeing these movies at the Grove? Should I do that? Is that what I'm missing? Like, should I start eating cheese again? Um, so here's an impression, quick impression, then I'll go. This is my impression of a, a man who has had too many drinks and wound up fucking his mother <laughs> because he was drunk. And, and then he pokes his eyes out. So he's fucked his mother because he got drunk and then he poked his eyes out and this is him right after that. Here, here we go. I'm told this is dead on the money. If you, if, you like, if you like impressions, you'll like this. Here it goes. Why? No! 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 I fucked my mommy! I fuck my mommy! Oh, why? I had too many melon balls! Why didn't I stop at eight melon balls? I had to do 12 melon balls! No, 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 no! I fucked my mommy! No, no! No! in Trader Joe's for a spot. <laughs> when someone is hovering and then you're right behind them and you can't go anywhere. I thought that was a bad day, but now, now I have it in perspective. That's just a small inconvenience compared to getting drunk and fucking your mother and poking your eyes out. Trader Joe's is nothing compared to that. Nothing. I would give a thousand hovering. I would even get caught underground in a parking garage where the gate doesn't work now. Where someone can't get the ticket in. I used to really get upset about that, but I didn't. Now I can't see and I fucked my mother. I wouldn't care about underground. Oh, hurt, swallow me up. 
swallow me up. Rain on me. No. And it goes on like that. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. So I'm really happy you guys stick around. So Eddie Pepitone is still here talking to me. And then Stephen Fine Arts, who made The Bitter Buddha, also came out tonight. So we're going to do like a quick chat about your movie, yes. which is coming out on DVD next month. Very yes. exciting. What, how did you even decide to start this project? Eddie just made me laugh like, a, like crazy. So I, just, I knew he was the one I wanted to follow around for a year of my life. And that was pretty much you it. spent a year. I spent a year did following Did you guys go around. other... This is yeah. I, so I said to Stephen earlier, and he was like, "Eddie's gonna be so mad at you." I haven't even seen it yet. I hate myself. I'm not happy about it, <laughs> but I haven't it. even seen it yet. So, are you in other cities besides LA, or is it just LA stuff? Oh no, we're, the, we're in Chicago. We're in New York. We're yeah, that's pretty much it. New York, LA, Chicago. New, New York, LA, Chicago. Yeah, but mainly LA because that's where you he, mean in right. the movie. In, in the, the movie, movie, yeah. All oh, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in Chicago, yeah. New York. Uh, the Hideaway. The Hideout. The Hideout. Yeah. Sorry, The Hideout. Well, I love The Hideout. Good, yeah, it was such a good show, show there. Yeah, it's so fun. You doing a show there? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's such fun. Okay, so tell me about... Then you... When the movie came out, I know you guys premiered it last year. It just for left. It was at the Siskel Film Center, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. In Chicago. And then, like... How many festivals did you guys take it to? Like ten, I think, something like that. We did like Edinburgh, we did Austin, we did Slam Dance, we did uh, Montreal, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Austin? Did you mention Austin? Austin yeah, yeah. South we by did Southwest. a we lot did a of festivals. What do you feel like it a lot of towns. has done to change your? So if you're touring the movie to all those towns, right. had you been regularly doing shows in those towns before that? No. For, so for some of these people, like this is their first exposure to you. I think so. I think for some of these people, it was it was their first exposure to me, and and because of the film and podcast, like people uh, starting to find me, like we would like we would show the film and then I would do stand up the next night and the crowds were really good and yeah. it was like uh, oh this is great I've never I never had that kind of like fan base kind of growing in the movies a big part of it that's I love the so I'm glad to hear also that you so you would like show the movie do the stand up like the next a, night we did like a Q&A which is a great yeah Q&A's but great to like offer them a chance especially if it's like new markets where you don't like know those yeah. people great to offer them a chance to then see you live yeah. because you're amazing live I mean that's like ah, you're such you. a fun performer to watch we did it Seattle Portland it was funny because we had to sometimes compete I had to sometimes compete with Eddie's uh, performance because I wanted people to see the movie <laughs> but like the next night he'd be performing so like oh, yeah. some people wouldn't show up to the movie they'd that's show up true. to the like some people would say well do I want to see Eddie yeah. live or do I want to see the movie I don't want to see him both yeah, right. because yeah, yeah, yeah. the economy is sluggish <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So how do you feel like it's changed your ability to tour now? Mm. Like, do you feel, are you going back it's to those It's definitely places? helped. It's yeah. definitely helped me that my name is... My name now is just kind of recognizable yeah. to people. And now, like, and now it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's all this synchronicity because now I'm doing more television shows here in LA. I'm still waiting for bigger TV stuff, like real big TV stuff. Two and a half men type stuff. Two and a half men (laughs) I would like to do. Anything with Sheen. You'd be the half man. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd love to do Grown Ups 3 if that's ever on the table. <laughs> I, I want to tell Adam Sandler I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a listener. He actually writes in all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, he's reviews. an important, he's a great mind. Yeah. He's a great mind. The stuff he's doing is really, it's really gets America, it just gets people to think about their realities. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eddie, also, first of all, you're I love attacking him. Uh, so you also went, I know you went to the Soho Theater. Where I've actually, oh, I've seen that was unbelievable. Not, you have? Yeah, I was doing, like, a couple years ago, I was with it. When I'm I always amazed the, when an American gets out of the country. Yeah, well, I think so there was this, like, English uh, guy in Chicago who... Mm-hmm. Runs a long-running show there called the Lincoln Lodge, and he would bring Americans. Oh, his name's Mark Geary. I love the Lincoln Lodge. Yeah. I just played that. Place. Yeah. yeah, so great, Mark. right? Yeah. yeah. So he would take like this group of starry-eyed idiot Americans, like new in their career, and it was but like the year before me, Kyle Kinane was like all these, but like before there anybody, we would go over there, and he would book us shows like where he was from, which is the English Midlands. Like it's, you're not near any, like there's no American stand-ups going yeah. through there. And we were telling like these long, alty story uh, jokes about like, then I'm getting pulled over the by- English Midlands? Yeah, in the English oh Midlands. Oh my people are just God. Like, Who the hell, but when we were in London, he yeah. took me to- Soho? Soho Theater and we saw a show and- I did three weeks. Okay. At the Soul Theater. Now, that's six shows a week. That's 18 shows, an hour each. No opener. It's just all you get. Yes. All you get is this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Eddie Pepitone. No opener. Just cold. Uh-huh. And, and you know, the theater, the Soho Theater, they're, they're not like big laughers. Right. It's a little like because it's a night out. Like it's a theater the theater. Crowd, yeah. It's a theater crowd. I had to work my ass off. And, you, oh, no, what were you going to say? say? You did the Fringe Festival the year before that, Edinburgh, too. Yeah. That, was, that was a trip, too. That was a... Well, that was, was my first other. real... Ex- that made me into yeah. a headliner. I, I'm really a late bloomer. I mean, I'm just now, like, a headliner. You know what I mean? Like, the last couple of years. And But now, after doing, you know, overseas, like, 19 shows, the solo yeah. 25 shows in Edinburgh, I feel like I can play any place Absolutely. Now. And my experience was, mm-hmm. I would love to go back there now that I'm more experienced comic, because, like... Like, the joke-per-minute ratio that right. English audiences expect is, like, nuts. Like, they expect, like, such fast stuff. So I actually imagine uh-huh. that you would do well there because you kind of have, like, a bunch of mini punchlines. Right, I have just mini as you ca- casually That's talk. what the industry says <laughs> about yeah, me. You have, any, well, you have mini punchlines. <laughs> so we're going to give you mini work. <laughs> But, well, no, you build up to something no, I know, grander, I know. but there's stops along the way. I also think it's the angry American. They love that. It's, it's, they, they do. Oh, Bill yeah. Gates out they do. They oh, love sure. That. Oh, they of do. course they love the angry You know what American. they love? They love, and, and this is the thing that I always had to remember, is they, they just love authenticity. Like, they don't want to see an American kind of pander to what the American thinks they want to see. Yeah. They just want to see, they want to see an authentic American. So they like the fact that I was kind of unhinged. Well, I am so glad for your success because I do think that what you're doing on stage is, I mean, it's amazing. Like you are really just, true. yeah, I mean, I really think you're, like you're speaking opinions. <laughs> and isn't that what like comics are spending their entire lives trying to, their entire comedy lives trying to do is like cut out all yeah. the bullshit weird premises and just get to the opinions. That's what Matt, that's what's interesting. I think that, that, I think that's true. I think that is true. It's be, I think, I think when you first start out, you do a lot of premises because yeah. you're scared, you're scared to reveal yourself. And yeah. then after a while, like me, I'm 50 fucking four years old. You don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. You really don't. Let's talk about grown ups too on the stage. <laughs> 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 no, I think, I think also as you get older and as you've done more and more shows, you realize, first of all, 
you're not going to die. Like, in other words, when I first started doing stand-up, I was scared that I was going to get fucking killed on stage. Yeah. Like, people are going to, you know, oh, my God, I'm going to physically die. But then you kind of just go, well, what the fuck is it all about? It's just about being real. And, I mean, I think the the other part to just, I I try and remember this so much that, like, there's no new. Can you hold on? Keep it down. Go ahead. (laughs) There's no new. But I think what I just did, by the way, That's for people listening to this podcast, I just yelled at a bunch of UCB kids, which is really hilarious. They're like up and coming comics. And what I just did was yell, keep it down, which which has got to be the funniest thing to yell at those type of people. Also, they, I'm sure, are all currently auditioning for each other in some way. Yes. Like, yes. like really hard. Yes. I, oh, that's great. No, I'm just gonna. I'm, just gonna, I'm walking out this way. Yeah, I know. You I have, have to, to walk come back, back that here, Eddie. Oh. Thanks a lot. Uh, I guess what I was gonna say is like, there's no new, mm. there's no new premises under the sun. There's no new topics. Mm. That's true. Too. Topics come in generations. So like every comic right now is talking about equal merit. You know, like it's uh. just like it's there's nothing new. But if you can figure right. out how you feel about it, that's what's interesting. And so, that's right. Also, I mean, that's what's interesting about making a movie about a comic that you love too because it's like the opinion I mean you made a I mean I know you made a documentary but if you're coming in loving somebody you're not gonna yeah yeah like yeah. you're gonna you're there was gonna, a perspective yeah. I had, yeah I was a fan of his so I just wanted to kind of push him out there into the world as much as I could but I had an opinion we, we believe in the same political b- beliefs and all that so we have a similar kind of worldview, so that helped yeah what I know. loved about Steve was that like w- because I was worried about it like I had never seen it, and then when Steve showed me it, I was pleasantly surprised because I was very nervous about it, but Steve really, like, gets my comedy. Like, Steve, like, gets me, you know what I mean? And so that's why I think the film works. Well, I love that. I love the partnership. I'm so glad that you guys made something you both are so proud of, and I wish you you both all the success in the world. Keep doing it. You're you're killing it. Thank you, Cameron. Tone, guys, Eddie Pepitone. Just one of my favorite comics in the whole world. I'm so what an impression. Because everybody, I feel unsettled, but joy. I feel happy that I've seen that. Also nervous about my future. I don't know what I'll do. Tight shirts, selling movies. Um, God, it's been a great show. And I guess uh, if I could leave you with anything, it would be um, that. Men really can have like quite flexible careers in Hollywood. I think that's true right now. Um, and Eddie's uh, set made me think of that because um, they're currently selling uh, trailers for a movie in which uh, a stripper is going to save the White House. <laughs> <laughs> like his last movie, A Stripper, now the only person protecting the White House. Round of applause for Channing Tatum. Really pulling it together. Really diverse. Elizabeth Berkeley never could save the White House after Showgirls. She was never asked. I'm not sure if she could have done it. Gina Gershon, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you guys have been such a great crowd. Round of applause. Everybody we saw tonight. Great show. We are here every Tuesday night. This is Put Your Hands Together. Please subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating or review. I'm Cameron Esposito. Thank you so much for coming out. See you next week. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. 
hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.